Episode 198 of the Bev and James Isle Show. The filter you make decisions through. Radio team, welcome along to episode 198 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Uh, I actually, today's show is a little bit different. Well, it's, it was meant to be an interview. I had an interview lined up with someone who is pretty, I'm pretty fascinated to get on the show. And that last minute, like literally like two hours ago, they flicked me an email saying, Look, Bev, unfortunately I can't make it. Uh, can we do it in two weeks from now? Now, I don't really want to go into detail, but the interview is basically around someone who is digital digital device specialist in health. Uh, and this is a really interesting subject, because let's be honest, most of us probably have some level of unhealthy behavior around our devices in our life. And uh, this person is pretty doing some pretty great work in this front, and I really want to get them on the show. And we are, they're coming on two weeks from now, but today it's not happening. So for that reason, I'm doing another Bevan show, and I kind of had to whip something together pretty quickly, because in my mind, I was doing an interview and uh, for, for a podcast. So when you do an interview, it's actually a much easier show, because you don't have to put too much thinking into it. Because the interview, you're just trying to gain insight from the person you're talking to. Whereas when I do a Bevan show, I actually have to do some prep. So in the last couple of hours, I've been sitting down doing some prep. And I have something that's been on my mind quite a lot lately, and so I kind of thought maybe I could do a, 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 a kind of podcast around this, and then maybe cross over to the stuff I've done in the past, but hopefully there's still some good insight in there for you. Um, what else, just before I get into the main gist of the show, is there anything else that I really want to share with you before I get into the main gist of today's show? No, it's really interesting. I've still got my back injury, which is a bit frustrating, but I'm working on that so that it should come along. I have fingers crossed I can get on top of that in the next few months. Uh, but no, I think I'm probably better off just to get into the main just today's show. So before I do, I send a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. These are people who give some of their hard-earned money my way each time I release the show. And when you become a patron of the show, you get a cool Bevan James Isle Show nickname. And these people are some of the people who have become patrons. Paula, the powerful Punisher Green. We've got Marion, the Momentum Clat. We've got George, the Wild Bill Baker. We've got Mary, I've got the power. We've got Ginger, the Governor Dave. We've got Phoebe, the Stark Sanders. And we've got Michael, the Hammer Noak. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show and support what I do here, go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast and click on support me once you go through that section there you'll see there's a link click on that that takes you through my patreon page and basically once you're on that page you can donate as little or as much as you want and there is a number on that page which basically is a number that i get for each show i release uh that's not the number you have to donate you donate as little or as much as you want so it's all pretty simple uh for those people who are patrons and i didn't name today thank you so much it really, really, really makes a difference. So thank you to the people who are the patrons. Anyway, I'm going to get the music on and we'll get the main gist of today's show. So recently I was working with one of my clients. And they're in a moment in their life where they're going to make some pretty big decisions. And they're in a moment where they're going to make some life decisions that will really influence what their future will look like. 
you know, I'm not going to kind of go into too much detail into their decisions, but, you know, it's, it's something like a massive shift in career or uh, moving in with a partner in a new area or, or buying a house that's maybe a little bit different to what you've done or um, a new relationship. You know, something like this. Kind of think that scale of decision. It's a massive decision in your life. And it's, luckily for my client, is they have a bit of a runway. So it's not a rush decision. And sometimes that's a good thing because, interestingly, I think in my relationship with my wife, we're, we're very lucky because we've got a good relationship. But one thing that I did with my wife is each step in the process, we kind of took our time. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, you know, we dated, we didn't move in together, I think it was like two and a half, three years, it was a long time, now that was because I had a teenage daughter and I wanted to kind of protect my daughter and Joe from each other in that kind of vulnerable time, um, you know, but but basically it allowed Joe and I to kind of learn each other as we went through each stage of our relationship and I, and I look back to my previous relationships where I was very much a, a Russian kind of guy, as in I would rush in really quickly to a relationship and I think the girlfriend I went out with before, Annalise was my girlfriend before Joe, we were living together after two and a half weeks, so <laughs> there's a bit of contrast. Uh, and some of the mis- problems that Annalise I had probably come from because we didn't take the time. So having a long runway for big life decisions is a really good thing to have. I suppose on top of that is as long as you use that runway in a really wise way. So my client and I were kind of sitting down and just talking about this big decision that they needed to make. And... One thing that we wanted to think about was where does this person make decisions from? And and the term I'm going to use a lot in today's podcast is the filter that this person made decisions from. The filter this person made decisions from. The kind of the filter that internally they went through as they made decisions in life. And it was there was some really interesting insight in working with this particular client because one thing we established pretty quickly was to this point in their life. Most of their decisions have been led by fear. I say it again because it's pretty important. Most of their decisions have been led by fear. And as I say fear, we could probably also say insecurity. Fear and insecurity. And they gave a really good example. They said how when they were a young person, uh, the person who was kind of their first core relationship in their life, the kind of really big relationship in their life, Um, was ultimately not a very good choice for this person. But it was the first person, my client wasn't the kind of person who had a lot of relationships, you know, in the teenage years. And so when they were kind of their late teens, maybe early 20s kind of phase, this person was the first person who kind of had given them attention in a way that was kind of like a relationship type of attention. And so my client kind of had this fear of, if this is going to be the only one, I better jump on it kind of thing. And for that reason... They got into a relationship, which maybe with a bit more life experience and, and you know, kind of kind of contemplation, maybe it would have been the right choice for this person. And But they could see that they were making these kind of decisions based around fear. And, and maybe even a little bit of insecurity as well. And we can see this, you know, and I, and I know I'm guilty of this. Many times in my life I've made decisions based around insecurity or fear. And as you're listening to this right now, maybe you can even identify within your life when you've made some decisions that are really about safety and insecurity and fear. And with this in mind with my client, one thing we we're trying to really establish was how do you not use that 
as you move towards this big moment where you're trying to make a big decision in your life. And I told them about this quote that I may have even said on this show, but it's been a quote that's really probably been the quote that's impacted me the most in my life. I guarantee I've said it on this show, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. Um, the quote was, I watched an interview with Bob Dylan on a documentary I watched of his, and I, I didn't actually really like the documentary that much. It was passable, it wasn't life-changing. But they said, Bob Dylan, if you don't know who he is, he's kind of his famous singer, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Um, but he said... People always talk about trying to find themselves. I always thought it was my job to create myself. People always try to find themselves. I thought it was my job to create myself. So I kind of shared that quote with my client, kind of just this idea of, will you have an opportunity in this next moment in your life? Because you're looking to make one of these big life decisions that's really important to you. And the one thing we want to be careful of is that it's led from that fear insecure version of yourself which ultimately probably doesn't lead to the best decisions that you can make in your life so then we kind of went into another we kind of said well so so with that in mind this idea of you creating a life that would ultimately be the life you desire let's let's put some filters in place that will allow you to kind of see different outcomes and different perspectives around what the kind of the future you're trying to create for yourself. If, if we agree with Bob Dylan that life is about creating what yourself in the life you want, uh, and you're in this opportunity of change, which is a big decision, and we're trying to avoid a fear-based decision, what's some different ways that we can look at this? And, and this is where this idea of a filter came through. And so I kind of said to my client, actually, let's just use an example of, I'll make up an example right now. So let's just say I want to go, I want to create change. There you go. I'm sick of working in fitness. I'm not, this is a total joke because I love working in fitness. But I'm sick of working in fitness and I want to, I want a lifestyle career change. So it's a big kind of life change, isn't it? And so this is kind of what we went through with my clients. So the first thing, the first kind of thing, and we put this filter in place. And the first one I said was, if you were to design a life where comfort and connection were the most important things in this moment of opportunity what would you start designing what kind of decisions would you make and i think about this i kind of think well comfort and connection so for me it might be comfort means that there's only so much work that i do it might mean that i feel part of the local community i might get involved with some local community clubs um, some sport clubs something like that so there's there's a sense of connection with other people uh, or comfort. So there was kind of one way to look at this change moment. So like if I was going to change my career and my, my filter that I wanted to use was just to create a life of comfort and connection, you can see how that kind of sh opens me up to a certain pathway in my thoughts. And then I threw to my uh, client and I said, okay, well, what about this one? You want to create a life where you're living your fullest passion where you're living your fullest passion. So it's that life where you find that thing you absolutely love doing and you wake up in the morning and all you want to do is that thing until the moment you go to sleep at night. And you, you know, you, you're kind of willing to sacrifice everything else just to be doing your passion. Um, another one I put them was, what's, what would your life be like if you put the filter of having ambition and confidence? In that life, there it might be that you want to look for a career choice where you get to have a bigger impact. It might be something in, in a big organisation where you actually get people underneath you and you feel you're making big movement, or maybe in a government organisation or or creating a business, and you know you have confidence in these roles. And this is what I was doing with my client. I was kind of saying, 
Well, we know you're in a change moment and we know the opportunity and, and my example is a career change for maybe for you there are other examples but the thing we need to think about is what's the filter that you're using to make the decisions moving forward and when you look at the examples I gave you there comfort and connection passion uh, ambition and confidence there's many other filters that we can use you can see, or passion or I said passion and I um, when we think about that you can see how the way you look at the future based on the filter slash lens, is a different future. Now we also, one thing I did with my client, as I said, well if you look to the future of fear, how will you make decisions? So I suppose the first thing I'm trying to get to here is, and, and I, is for you to understand what are the filters that you currently make decisions around in your life? What are the filters that you currently make decisions around in your life? And I suppose the first thing to really explore is, are there ones that are holding you back? So for the example, the, the fear slash insecurity may be making you make decisions which are holding you back in life. And if you could start to understand the filters that you're making decisions through, then maybe that will allow you to see where you can grow. So the first thing is to understand the current filters. Now you may have some filters that you see in life that are really great, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I think it's the first thing we're trying to understand with my client was what filters that's holding them back. And then just to open them up to the idea of having, looking at the future with an option of other filters that you can consciously choose to put in place. Now one of the really fascinating things with my client was when I chucked like ambition and confidence or comfort and passion or connection, they actually struggled a bit with that. They kind of struggled to see that. And, and that was our challenge was to help them open up to seeing a future where this can happen. Because I made a comment to my client, and I think it's a really comment, important comment to, to reinforce in this moment. Change is not just one decision. Change is many decisions over a long period of time. Change is not just one decision changes many periods, many decisions over a long period of time. And if we can start to understand the filters that we want to make decisions around, then that becomes a really powerful tool to make sure that we're constantly making little decisions, all those little decisions along the way, and the big decisions, to make sure we're waking up or we're actually making decisions that are important to us. And I did actually share a story, which I know I've shared on this podcast before, but I shared the story of my wife and I buying the home that I live in right now. I've told us many times, so I'm going to rush through this, but basically we, we, we put an offer on the house that we love and we loved our home. It was, it was the home that we've always wanted to live in. It was everything we wanted in the home. Most people in this time are going to make an emotional decision. They're going to go, you know what? I'm going to spend whatever I can on this house. But my wife and I, we sat down and we said, here's the number that we're willing to pay for this house. Now, in all honesty, we could have afforded more. We could have afforded more. But we sat down and we put our filter in place. And our filter for my wife and I is we didn't want to work more hours than we're currently working. We wanted to have, to in our life, it's really important that we do the work that we're passionate about. So the fact that I can do this podcast, the fact that we're helping people with fitness, the fact that we're, you know, we're doing really important work, or at least that we feel we're doing important work. We didn't want to feel any pressure to have to move away from that. We wanted to make sure our relationship can stay strong. And 
one thing I feel lucky in my relationship is that my, you know, most people say most relationships fight. Well, I'm going to be really honest. My wife and I, we have a couple of moments every so often, but we don't really fight. And I think one of the reasons we don't fight is we don't have life pressures. Um, now, admittedly, we don't have kids, and I do think kids make it extremely harder for relationships, uh, and we don't really have family pressures. But also, because we made a good decision around our house, we don't have that financial pressure that maybe a big mortgage would have put upon us. So it's easy for us to have a good relationship because we've set up a life where it's easy to have a good relationship. And that was one of the things that was really important around that decision. Um, we want to have the freedom to be able to help our friends and our family when that is needed in our lives. And ultimately, we just want to have freedom. And so when we sat down to look at buying this house, we, we basically came up for a number that said, okay, with this amount that we're willing to put forward, Working no more, being able to do the work that's important to us, having a strong relationship, helping others, and having freedom could still be maintained. Once we start to go above that number, there was going to be a bit of a compromise. There was going to be a bit of a compromise where maybe I would have had to do a bit more work, or maybe I would have had to do some work where I need to get paid a bit more for my time, which ultimately I'm not that passionate about. So there was this this kind of this obvious line that we would have to go over, which took a risk to the things that were really important to us. Now, luckily for my wife and I, and a part of this, our decision-making process at this time was to say, well, no, we're not willing to go about that price point. Now, we did end up getting the house, so we're very lucky, but we were quite willing to walk away from it at the same time. Like, we did actually walk away from it. We said no, and they came back a few months later and said, well, look, we, we're quite, we, we want to take, you know, we'll take your offer. But the only reason we got the house at the price that we were willing to do it was because of the filter that we put in place. And that's what we're trying to do here, is we're trying to get an understanding of the filters we need to put in place. And as I was saying, that, that, that life decision with Joe and I was a big one. But if I go back to that statement of change isn't just one decision, it's many decisions made over a long period of time. Well then, in that case, Joe and I had learned for us, that's how we need to make decisions. Now, when this big crescendo decision happened, this big moment decision happened about buying this dream house, well, we'd, we'd, we understood what those values were, or what those filters were, and we knew to fight for them in that moment. And this is one of the biggest problems people make in life. Because a lot of people buy the bigger house, get the bigger mortgage, and then it comes at a compromise to a relationship. So they end up having to work more, they may have less time for at home, they're tired when they get home, and it ends up hurting their relationship. Whereas if they had sat down before they got an extra big mortgage that maybe was a bit, a bit stretching them, and said, you know what, what's more important? Actually, one other thing which I didn't say there was Joe and I's travel. We're really passionate about travel, and we want a life where each year we can put a bit of money aside and actually have a really good travelling holiday. So if we'd bought the bigger mortgage or got the bigger mortgage, we couldn't have done that. And so that's this whole idea of these filters. And maybe a good thing for you to think about right now in your own life is when in your own life have you made decisions that ultimately went against some filters that you knew you shouldn't have, that you should have maintained? When have you done that? And what happened after that moment? An experience I have is years ago back in 2004 or three, I think it was, I got asked to go to America for Les Mills and, and go over, and I, I, again, if you've done this podcast, if you've listened to every episode, you probably heard this story, but I, I got asked to go to America and represent Les Mills for like three or four months, and 
And everything about that decision, when I got offered it, I knew was wrong. When I got offered the option, it just didn't fit my life at that moment. I had a young daughter. I had a career that was going really well. Um, I was doing my sport to a high level. Uh, You know, all the things that were important to me in my life, all the filters were saying no. But my ego, because it was kind of the biggest thing you could do in Les Mills, outside of everything I had already achieved, my ego said, no, Bev, you need to do this because it's the one thing you haven't done and, you know, it takes you to the next level and so on and so on. And I'll be honest, that, that period of my life, that three or four months, may have been the hardest period of my life in my adult life. I came back quite emotionally scarred from that time. And there was a massive cost for me not listening to my filters at that time. And I wonder if, as you're listening to this right now, can you identify a time in your life where you didn't trust your filters and you made a decision that went against your filters? And if so, what was the cost on your life for that? Like, was it like, I'll be honest, that trip to America probably took me about a six month to a year to recover from. And interestingly, before I went away to America, I was in a place where I was thriving. Like, I was just nailing life. Kind of, until I got on that plane, I was nailing life, went to America, got back, and probably took me six months to a year to get back to a place where I felt I was in a good place in life. And why did that happen? Because I didn't take the time to understand my filters. And I didn't trust them, or I didn't defend them at that time. So one thing I want you to start to first start to understand is, what are your current filters? And one thing to really think about with this is, where do you measure yourself in life? And this is a really interesting thing to think about, because often where we measure ourselves reveals what's really important, or at least where we're putting our energy. And I'm going to give you another example from another client I work with. I've got a client who um, struggles with the scales. The scales never prove to be a good thing in their life. And, and I actually think things like scales can be a good thing on a weight loss journey for the right type of person. So when we think about scales, what are scales? Well, they're basically a measure of weight loss success, aren't they? If you're trying to lose weight, you could argue scales. Now, there are many arguments against scales because you could say, well, you're losing body fat and so on. But let's just keep it pretty basic here. When we're thinking about scales, most of the time, if you do good behaviours and then you've lost the weight, that's a rewarding thing. But for my client who I work with, it doesn't really work like that. Unfortunately, when they lose weight and jump on the scales, it actually just creates pressure for them. Because they think, oh my God, it's, it's so much effort to lose weight, and, and I don't know if I can maintain this. Now, the irony is, it actually hasn't taken effort for them to lose weight, but that's what the scales does to them. And then obviously when they put on weight, it just kind of becomes a bit of an emotional beat-up. So for this person, they're focusing on the number on the scale. That's the thing that they measure. The problem is, is that the thing they measure puts their focus on the wrong thing. The thing they measure puts their focus on the wrong thing. And well, I've actually been working on this with my client, this client that I'm talking about right now. We're talking about a different thing to measure. So for this client, we've talked about um, this person likes to be a strong person. This person, so measuring, have you been a strong person today? Now the thing is, measuring, have you been a strong person today? It's a bit of a harder thing to measure than jumping on a scale and seeing the number. So we're trying to develop some kind of measurement system that it just shows evidence from today where I made strong person decisions. Uh, this person's trying to measure... Uh, their emotional tools. Did I use my emotional tools? You know, 
of the five tools that I have in my day that keep me in an emotional good place, did I use them today? That's that's a really good measurement because what that's doing is that putting the focus on a tool that keeps it in a good emotional place, which means things like weight loss will happen because they make better decisions when they're in a good emotional place. So actually interesting, I, I went to see my chiropractor this morning because I'm still trying to get my back sorted out and he was talking about, I've got this lovely chiropractor called Stuart Craig and he's a bit of a crack up because your, your chiropractor you should only probably spend 15 minutes with, maybe 30 at max and you get in there and you, he's always late. And when you get in there, you know why, because he loves talking, he loves going deep. And him and I were having a deep conversation. And he was talking about one of his friends. And one of his friends is somebody who's very, very wealthy. But they'll be going out for dinner, or just be having a talk about something. And everyone will be talking about something that's totally not to do with money. And out of nowhere, he'll just say, I made $400,000 yesterday. And it's just a really, and Stuart was just saying, it's a really weird comment. It's just really weird, you know, because no one's talking about money in this situation, and and it seems a bit, bit big note here, and Stuart kind of just shoots him down, he says, mate, we're not even talking about money right now, um, but in this guy's mind, and this is my interpretation of it, he measures himself by money, so when he's talking to his world, that's how he shows his measurement, that's how he shows his value to the world, and Often how we measure ourselves can show us, can put our focus on the wrong thing. And so if you are measuring yourself with money, like what are your chickens around yourself? And are your chickens working against maybe some filters that are really important to you? And that's why I'm talking about this measurement thing right now. So the first thing around measurement is, does your measurement put your focus on the wrong thing? And maybe a good question to ask yourself is, what are my gauges for measurement? One I, I often talk about is with my running group, our measurement gauge is how many people who join Get Up to Five actually run 5Ks. Now, how many people run Get Up to Five join? So, how many people who start doing nothing and eight weeks from now run 5Ks? And I'm really proud to say that our, our measurement for that is 90%. That's, that's a really good measurement for us because it's putting our focus on how do you help people actually achieve the goal of running 5Ks? Now, as a business owner, Probably, you know, you probably would argue a better measurement is, you know, what's your return on investment per client? That's that's a traditional business kind of measurement that you'd have. And and I'll be honest, I do have those stats because I'm trying to understand marketing and all the rest of it. But it's not the real thing I measure. The real thing I measure is how good are we helping people actually achieve the goal? And why is that really important? Well, because that's where I put my focus. That's where I'm trying to grow the thing that we do. Now, I fundamentally believe that if we get more than 90% of people running 5Ks, we're going to have a strong business because the flow and effect of that, the word of mouth, the evidence, the you know all the good stuff that we do. So I do believe it's a good business decision to focus on that. But understanding your measurements. So one thing I first of all want you to understand is where am I measure, how do I measure myself in my life? And then what does my measurement, where does my measurement make me focus? Okay. Now, if you understand that sometimes your measurements are a bad focus, so sometimes it's a good focus, like my 90% of the gap to five is, that's a really good way to measure myself. Uh, with my client I'm working with right now, she, she started to measure herself around focus, around um, tools, and being a strong person. That's much better measurement for this person because then she, when she wakes up in the morning, she goes, how do I focus on using my tools really well? How do I focus on being a strong person today? Instead of a scale, which is, how do I focus on losing weight today? Okay, so understand the good ones and the bad ones that work against you. And that's why I want to go back to your filters. So first of all, 
you start to understand where you're making filters from. And then you kind of go back to that Bob Dylan quote, that Bob Dylan quote of, I don't believe, people always talk about finding themselves, I think life's about creating yourself. And then I want you to really start to spend some time thinking about what filters you want to make decisions from in the different areas of your life. So a good example for me right now, I'm a bit injured, quite badly injured, and, and it's an injury that could take me a while to get on top of. Now normally, uh, my filter for exercise is about um, challenge, it's about um, hard work, it's about um, feeling strong as a person, that's really important to me. Uh, it's a little bit about identity, it's a little bit about kind of maintaining this kind of presence that I have. But right now, the way my body is, it's not letting me do that. So the filter I'm putting in place right now is, uh, movement is about longevity. Movement is about allowing myself to get better. Movement is about still being able to move. You know, like right now I am limited in the way I can move, but I still want to be able to move. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a moving man, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And so... The thing we want to start to think about is in the different areas of my life, where do I want to make filter decisions from? What filter am I going to put in place as I make decisions? If I go back to Joe and my decision around our life that we want, we want travel, we don't want to work any more than we currently do, we want to be able to do the type of work that's important to us, we want to have a great relationship, we want to be able to help others, and we want freedom. That's the filter we're making decisions from. Once you start to understand that filter, then it goes back to my statement of change isn't just one decision, it's many decisions over and over. And what is a filter? A filter is basically something you put between two points. So you, you get your water, you put the coffee in through the filter, and coffee comes out the other side. And really what you want to do is have a process that allows you to stop and spend some time working through your filters when you're making decisions in your life. And if, I, if I'm going to be really anal about it and kind of be this process thing, I would say if you want to do some real good homework on this, and if this is really hitting a note for you because you kind of are making bad decisions, or you realise that you, the, the way you make decisions, the way you're measuring the wrong focus, is I would get a piece of paper and spend some time in the key areas of your life. You might just say career, friendship, family, finance, whatever. Um, and... Just write down how you, what filters you currently make decisions through. It's a really interesting one. And maybe as you do that, you just kind of write down the effect of the filter. So sometimes it's a good filter, like Joe and I with our house, we, we've, we've got a good filter there. There's a good filter to make decisions from. Uh, but then sometimes it might be a bad filter, like um, myself as a young man in relationship. Um, you know, so, so you just determine, is it good if it's bad and what it is? Uh, we, we're... What's the effect of these filters that I have? Then secondly, once you do that, you determine which kind of filters do you want to make decisions on in those different areas of your life. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my first, first client I talked about in today's show. I'm kind of just saying to them, uh, well, how do you want to make decisions in this area? And then once you've done that, I, I would do something like each morning, like I've got my Bevan book, but each morning you kind of spend some time just looking at your filters. What decisions, what filter do I want to make decisions through moving forward? And as you see that daily, 
then your aim is, as I said in, in con number four, is that change isn't just one decision, it's many decisions over a long period of time, is you're trying to just more often make decisions based on those filters. Then as the more you do that, the more it becomes cemented and the more your life will reflect those filters. And, you know, like I think of my of Joe's of Joe and mine's travel, not working more, being able to do the work, it's important, having a strong relationship, helping others in freedom. We kind of have got that life. And the reason we've got that life is we've made many decisions over many years that keep reinforcing it. And when we've been really challenged with those decisions, like buying, you know, paying more than the house that we we're willing to pay, we were new to be strong in that. And that's what I want for you. So if you are listening to this, I would say I challenge you to do the homework. And the homework is simply this. Break down the key areas of your life. Determine where you already make decisions or the filters you currently make decisions from. And you can look to your measurements to see that. And then maybe put, determine how you're doing in each of those areas. Is it good or bad? And then from there, what filters should I have in place? And then aim to practice it. I guarantee if you do this work, you'll end up being, as I always say at the end of this little section, a much higher version of yourself. I'm going to touch on something here just quickly before I kind of wrap up the show. Are you working on yourself? Like seriously, are you working on yourself? Because a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking they should do stuff, but they never give themselves time. I was just kind of saying, do the homework, you know, like, you know, if you really want to take this on board, take, do the homework and stuff. And as I kind of stopped and put the music in and kind of started pushing record here, I was just thinking that so many people listen to podcasts, so many people listen to books, read books, but they don't do the work. And to me, my new book that I'm kind of 80% of the way through, at least the first draft, I, I kind of start the book with this idea of you, you have to love effort. You have to love effort. And for while what the formula of the book I think is a really cool formula, I've got a really cool concept, I'm really proud of, of what I think what, what I think it could do. I like the idea of what I'm putting together with this book. But it only works if people are willing to do the work on themselves. And working on yourself is one of those things which becomes the should, should do but don't do. They should do that don't do, but don't do. And so many people have this problem. There's so many things they know they should do, but they don't do it. Or the last thing on the list problem. The last thing on the list problem is that, yeah, I know I should do some exercise, but I'm going to do it this week, but then everything gets in the way and it never happens. When we think about what we prioritize in life, working on yourself is ultimately the greatest investment of your time needs to be realistic, it needs to sit within certain time frames and all the rest of it, it needs to be realistic for your life frames and your responsibilities, but you need to work on yourself, and it's interesting actually, I had a client the other day who I'm working with who I'm so proud of, this this guy, I, I, we've been working together for years, probably, oh God knows how long, maybe five, six years, and when we started working together, this, this man was someone who had some life struggles, some, some mental health struggles, uh, was in a career that they were frustrated by, uh, never felt that they kind of were the person they wanted to be in life, um, was held back, and, you know, we, we had a session the other day, and he was none of that. He's this man who now is in a career that he's passionate about, 
uh, he's doing he's doing some work where he's even trying to go next level on that. The mental health stuff, sure, it pops up occasionally, but it's like, I think we said when we first started working together, it was kind of like nearly 365 days a year. Now it's like five, five days a year. You know, like it's it's kind of, it's this thing that appears, which we expect, but he knows how to manage it. He, he, he understands his position in the world and he understands he's adding value to the world. And I said to him, I, I was really proud, I'm just so proud of him because he's just an example that if you're willing to do the work, you can move forward. If you're willing to do the work, you can move forward. But you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And unless you're willing to do the work, and you actually commit to doing the work, what's going to change? And I know I'm being a bit challenging here, but I think it's really important to be challenging here because, you know, my client, you know, who, you know, we do that thing of, if you'd met yourself seven years ago and could show you what you saw now, what that, what that version of you think, and, this client was like, oh my God, it would be mind-blowing. Um, but they did the work. And when it comes to doing the work, there are some ways you can do it. You can, you can you know, get someone like me to help you mentor you. Or you can get, you know, join join some kind of club that helps you mentor you in the way that you can be mentored. But the, the really simplest way is just to commit some time to yourself. Book out two hours of your week for you. And we, you can, it doesn't have to be rocket science. It can just be, what's the one thing I need to work on right now? What's the one thing I'm going to work on? And this week, where's the progress there? I'm going to give myself two things this week to progress on in that area. I guarantee in any area of your life that if you're willing to put the time and do the work, you will get better at it. So are you doing the work? Like, are you doing it? And if not, how do you change that? I'm not going to say what not, I don't care. I'm just going to say how you're going to change that. The first step, commit an hour this week. Give yourself an hour. You know, ultimately you want to create a, 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 where it's probably a couple hours each week or some time each week that works for you and your lifestyle. But hey, give yourself an hour this week. And and, and again, don't because don't, sometimes when we give ourselves the other thing, you, you go, what do I do? Just say, what's one area of my life where I want to get better in? And what's what's two things that I can work on this week that I can practice to get better in this area. It doesn't have to be rocket science, guys. So many people, it's interesting, I go back to that Bob Dylan, I love that Bob Dylan quote. It's, it's, it's been a real influence on me. Um, it was just genius. What was the quote? The quote was, so many people think they need to find themselves. I always thought it was about creating yourself. It only happens when you give yourself time. So make the commitment. Give yourself time. It'll be the best best time, money, slash whatever investment you ever do in yourself. Okay, that's, uh, I've gone on with that, so that's very good. So, so uh, I just want to say, um, I've got a reviews. If you want to do a review of the podcast, I really appreciate people who do do reviews of the podcast. Uh, you can just go to your podcatcher. That can be uh, like iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can just write a review. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's it's really good. Got some really good reviews on, on here. Uh, one that's just, I read, oh, is it going to just disappeared? Great podcast to listen to. Practical. Gives you a better version of yourself. Absolutely love it. So thank you for the people who do do reviews. It really makes a difference. Um, also, if you want to email me, you just email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Check out my 
my website for other things like my my 5k training program that i have uh, it's called my 5k dream um also if you want to share the show with friends and family or anybody else who you think be interested in this kind of content that's cool i'm gonna be back in a couple of weeks show a couple of weeks time with an interview with somebody who is a digital devices specialist and not not like a tech specialist as in how do we manage our behavior around these so we can Maybe have a bit more control and we'll just have it in a better place in our life. So check that out. They'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep being you.